Hello and welcome to this week's edition of uh, Grecian's Gossip. Uh, I'm Daniel Clark and I've got uh, Jamie Hawkins and Stu James alongside me today. Hi Dan. Hi Daniel. Hi, let's uh, just start back with a uh, look back at Saturday and uh, Swindon. 2-0 uh, win and you guys were both there. Um, thoughts on the game? Stu, we'll start with you. Um, I was surprised at how comfortable it was really. Um, I thought first half City were playing into a really strong wind, although it was quite sort of blustery within the, the stadium itself. But shooting towards St James's Park, we saw with Christy Pims kicking, you know, the ball quite often go out of play. And it did come in for a bit of unnecessary stick, I thought, from the big bank. But um, the game itself, as I say, I thought City well in control, saw out that first half, managed to get a goal, got a second in the second half. And from there on, I, I, there was only ever going to be one winner, really. I don't know what you felt, Jamie. Yeah, same. Like, like you said, I was so surprised because Swindon are, well, supposedly one of the favourites to go up this season. They've got on paper a strong squad Phil Brown was obviously a, a good manager a lot of experience he's got promotion from the division with Southend um, but yeah I was saying to you Stu yesterday it was never in doubt for me no. you know Swindon had a lot of the ball um, you know towards the end of the first half and most of the second half but their finishing was atrocious really their number nine Richards had a couple good chances in the first half missed a free header yeah. um, and had a one on one with Pim who you know, did well to be fair to make a great save but in the end it was just another comfortable home win which we've seen plenty of this season um, you know obviously we had that Lincoln game which was disappointing Lincoln was just a, a better team I think on the day but other than that it's been a pretty um, smooth ride for, for Exeter at home so far this season and you know you look at the teams that we've beaten on paper meant to be good teams and yet they've just not turned up at the moment, don't really know why. Um, obviously I have to give X a lot of credit for the way that they've set up. Matt Taylor making um, his defence just so strong at the moment. Obviously, you know, Troy Brown being out raised a few eyebrows, a lot of concern. But um, obviously Luke Kroll's come in and done a marvellous job, along with Aaron Martin, who's been a terrific signing, perhaps arguably the best one that uh, Taylor's made so far. And um, just the way he set the team up, he's switched formations at times, he's made the right substitutes as well, tactically he's got it spot on, and you know, it just keeps the run going, second in the league, no one would have predicted this going into the, the season, so if you can comfortably beat your so-called promotion rivals at home, then you can have a very good season. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head actually with the, the defence, because where, where I sit in the press box, you get a really good view. Mm -hmm of the way City's defensive line is set up and they get that back four and then you get the likes of uh, Lee Holmes and Nicky Law just dropping in to make it almost like a back six mm -hmm. and then the two midfielders, central midfielders sitting just in front of them. I mean, you sit in the same seat pretty much, Dan, don't you? Do, do you notice it as well, just how well set up we are defensively? Yeah, they seem to be pretty much, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've worked, they've, you know, they know how they're going to back four seem to be in a line, you know, there's... there's you know the, the the goals that you see them conceding this season. It's more individual mistakes than yeah. sort of team mistakes. So you know, so especially you know recent games like Yeovil last. You know the you know the, you know, the, the defensive there is just a a, a, bad, a bad, poor back pass head or and or being done for pace or you know there's, I think you know been a couple of situations where Dean Moxie and Troy Brown sort of gone each other's way and led to a goal. But you know that's not the way the team's been set up. It's just someone has made a mistake and. A league two level that happens. It's not been. I can't really remember any any real other than maybe one or two goals this season at most that have been. You look at it and you think that that's a failure in the way they've set up and that it was 
rather than just someone's let his man run free yeah. and that. So you sort of they've got the, the defensive line set up. Obviously, the the way they're playing, particularly at the minute, with you know the ex, you know, sort of sometimes sort of three you know central midfielders with Taylor and Tilson and and Boateng as well. It's sort of it, you know they've got plenty of players back, you know, trying to defend and you know players dropping in. So they're sort of making sure they're solid at the back and then they can you know, go out and, and score goals the other way you know, yeah. going forward but it seems to be whatever they're working on in training and I think actually partly having a, a settled back four as well is, is, is helping because there has been injuries but you sort of you know the, the back four of Moxie, Prol, Martin and Sweeney I don't think as anyone goes to games expecting that to change at the moment other than you know in, you know there's no rotation. There's no players, you know, injury one week back the next week or anything. It's that's the back four, and that will stay as the back four, I suspect, for quite some time, unless he's forced to make a change. It seems to be the whole team, though, doesn't it? I mean, if he wants to go four four two, you know what the team's going to be. The only question mark, I suppose, is is on the wing and whether it's Lee Holmes or Lee Martin. That just seems to be the only question mark at the moment. Although Holmes's form recently means that he's kind of got the shirt. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Bad problem to have, really, is it? You've got two very good uh, wingers in their experience as well. And you know, Lee Holmes, he's been a little inconsistent uh, at the start of the season. Obviously, he's had his sort of injury problems throughout his time here and throughout his career. But on Saturday, he was excellent, wasn't he? He was just so unplayable. It's the player that you know, ex fans love to see. The reason they signed him, he can make so many runs, shows great tricky footwork, puts a great cross in as well. Perhaps he's criticised sometimes for trying to do too much, too many stepovers when he can, I don't know, play a, a pass or a cross. Sometimes he wants, he beats his man and then wants to beat, yeah. beat him yeah. again. And but why would And then the third time he beats him and then hits the man with a cross occasionally. Yeah. But you sometimes just want him just to, you've beaten the man, just get the ball in the first time because it's harder to defend. I like, love the way that Holmes gets us up the pitch, though. You know, he, he gets the ball. And he, he's not mass. He's not got great amount of pace. But he just sort of glides up the pitch, and all of a sudden we're there on the edge of the penalty box, and him with a, an, an attacking opportunity. I think going into the season, you know, towards the end of, of last season, you know, when you had on the left Dean Moxie, Craig Woodman on the left wing, yeah. and there's just no pace there at all. And I think we, we and all the fans were crying out for just someone who can run at defenders. I think that's what Matt Taylor said as well. He wants someone that can make those runs, and we've mm. got that with. Martin and Holmes and Tristan Abrahams and um, you know John Ford, you know he's, yeah. he's got a fair bit of pace. Yeah, he's so quick, isn't he? And that's what City have lacked recently. But it's great to see that players have that now. Um, and you know, it's just great to because it drives the, the team forward as well. To players that not only make the runs, take players on as well, and put those crosses in for. For Stockley as well to get his head on, we saw it on Saturday with, with Sweeney delivering unbelievable ball yeah. win to, to Stockley as well. It was a stunning cross. And uh, we should say about the disallowed goal as well, because that was a great cross as well and a superb finish, yeah. Dream, wasn't it? And looked at the replays, I think he might have been onside, you know. Yeah, it was a close one, wasn't it? Great finish from him as well. But um, yeah, it was great to see Holmes back in form because he's a fan favourite as well. Yeah. Fans love him, the big bounce deal. Talk about Jaden Stockley and and his goals and it seems to be a, a weekly occurrence a Jaden Stockley goal I mean Stuart you chatted to him earlier in the week and do you want to sort of just talk about just how many goals he scored in this calendar year and how many players he's, he's got more goals than oh it's incredible isn't it you know you look at the stats there's that great stat going around that he's got more goals this calendar year than 
Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. So, uh, you know, wouldn't swap him for either of them. No, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> Absolutely. But um, he's, he's a fantastic striker, you know. And what I love about him is that he's not the end product yet. He's still working hard at his game. I think his touch is improving. I think his strength is better than it was as well. He's obviously been down at the gym. And what I really like about him is, is the comments about um, the players that he tries to be like. You know, you often speak to players and they're like, you know, they talk about Messi and Ronaldo and wanting to be that type of player. Stockley knows his limitations and he talks about being like Glenn Murray or Andy Carroll, you know, players that he can identify with and base his game on them. And um, yeah, you speak about his goals, I think he's got something like 44 in 83 for Exeter now. It's something along those lines. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's, it's better than a goal every two games. So for a player in League Two, I think that's a phenomenal record. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing for. City fans, when you see a player striker do so well, you think, yes, great, he's getting the goals. But on the other hand, hang on, he's going to be, you know, looked at by other clubs. And then when you see all the stories after Saturday, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, Stockley, the top scorer in the country <laughs> yeah. this year, it's it's kind of worrying, I suppose, in terms of his his future. But listen, you know, he's he seems just so settled down here. I think he he said last week, you know, he's enjoying it here. Um, he's seems to be settled here because he's you know he is quite sort of well travelled throughout his career I mean he's only 25 still. yeah he's, he's, a young man. Club he's, he's yet he? to reach the, the prime of yeah. his career but you know he's just such a great player for Exeter when he came in at first on loan a couple of years ago he got the goals as well and um, you know since his return he's just been you know excellent fans still somehow give him criticism because he, he has go, can go missing in some games but that's not really his fault, it's the, the lack of service. Because, yeah. you know, he is a target man, obviously, that's what he's there for, you know, the, the area of threat that he, he poses. But sometimes if the balls aren't falling to him, um, you know, he can go missing in some games. But as I said, that, that isn't his fault. And that scissor kick that he got on Saturday just shows how full of confidence he is at the moment, that he has the the nerve to, to take that on. And, yeah, it's just great for for everyone at the club at the moment because it just gives everyone a, a massive boost and you know if you want to do well in, in League 2 you're going to need a, a you know a player that's going to get you at least 20 goals a season and Stockley will get that in, in my mind no doubt yeah I suppose the thing with Stockley as well is you he scores all these goals but you also you know come away from games thinking well if he, he probably should have got more because yeah. he, 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 there's a lot of you know he, he, he takes he takes chances but he also seems to miss quite a few chances Similar to a pattern of Jamie Curtin. Yeah. But in the day, you know, he'd score 20 goals a season and you'd think, well, he should have got 60 with the amount of chances he missed. He missed at times. So if he ever gets that, you know, sort of, you know, becomes a little bit more clinical in front of goal, sort of, and sort of, you know, takes some of the chances that you sort of think he probably should take and doesn't, then he's not a 20 goal a season man. He suddenly becomes a 30, 40 goal a season yeah. man. And then I suspect there's no chance that he'd be, you know, he's scoring that many goals and. You know, the amount of goals he's scoring at the minute, you, you kind of feel that you know, League One clubs, possibly even bottom half of the Championship, are going to be you know keeping an eye on him and potentially preparing that bid for January, and it'll be up to the club and him to decide whether they he wants to move on. But well, that's obviously the big concern, isn't it? It's just how long he's going to stay at Exeter because the way he's going, he's he's not going to be around for long. Personally, I really hope he stays for the rest of the season because I think he's going to be so key to whether we go up or not. Um, as you say, Dan, you know, 
if someone comes in with a big money offer, we don't know if there's a clause in his contract, of course. If there is a clause, then City might have no option but to let him go. But then it comes down to Jaden as well. And uh, as, as you touched on, Jamie, he's really happy here. You know, he's settled. He's got two young children, his you know, wife here and, and things like that, just bought a house. In terms of his football, I don't think he's ever been happier just from speaking to him and, and from hearing what he's had to say. So whether he wants to go or not is, is another matter. Of course, the issue then... We know what agents are like in football. Is his agent in his ear trying to get him a better deal? You just don't know, do you? Yeah, I suppose obviously if Stockley was to leave, it would sort of does feel a bit of a hole in the extra strike force, not just in the amount yeah. of goals, but the style of play. Because unlike last season when we had a lot of sort of big target men, actually if Stockley isn't available, it's, <coughs> you've almost got to think of a different way of playing because you know the other strikers in Fort and Abrahams and. And Matt Jay, they're, they're very different kind of players. Yeah. They're sort of more quick, pacey, in behind players than a target man. And you know that that would you might have to you know be a little yeah. bit of concern. Obviously, I think Stockley's on four yellow cards as well, so he's got about two months to get through, trying to avoid a booking as well. So which again could you know be an issue for, yeah. for the game that he misses. It's interesting what you say there because I remember speaking to Matt and he talked back in pre-season about the evolution of the team and how the team's going to evolve over the course of the season and, and in time. Maybe that's the way Matt wants to go. Maybe he does want to play with quick young or quick strikers up front. You know, that a, a different type of striker to Jaden Stockley. But of course, he inherited Stockley. He's got to find a way of playing with him in the side, and he, he seems to have done that really. I think he's really getting the best out of him by having John Fort. You know, I think that mm. is a really really key signing because the two of them together link up so well. Yeah, I think he's brought the best out of Stockley's game. Obviously, he's got a lot of experience for and a similar player in a way in terms of you know physically strong and good aerial presence so he's got more pace though hasn't he which yeah, gives him that absolutely. edge I, I think everyone was sort of surprised about that how quick <laughs> yeah. he was because um, he's 30 31 yeah 31 32 so you know he's just shown that he's the complete striker I suppose in a way but you know on the, the stock league perhaps potentially leaving in January I mean obviously it would be a huge loss but you'd like to think Exeter would be in the market to replace him you know you know, finances are good at the club you'd think get a good yeah. fee for him well that's what happened when he arrived wasn't it you know David Wheeler was sold and then Jaden came in later yeah. on that afternoon for a club record fee so yeah. you'd imagine some of that money would be reinvested yeah. if, if it came to the, you know a situation where Jaden was sold yeah and hopefully come January you know touch wood Exeter will still be in a great place in League 2 and the promotion run so players yeah. would want to come down to Exeter, you think, given how well we've been doing this season. But, um, yeah, I'd like to think that Jaden would, would stay at least till the end of the season because obviously he was devastated to miss out on promotion uh, last season. I think he said, you know, he wants to go one better this season. So you'd like to, to think that he would see the season out to see how it goes and then perhaps say, look, I've done my, my time here, had a great time, but it's time to move on because he's still young and ambitious in his career shown that he can he's played all over the, the country signing from Aberdeen so he's not afraid to perhaps move on although he has settled down here so yeah just wait and see I suppose but let's just enjoy him while we, we can I guess. we'll be uh, enjoying him uh, two away trips over the next uh, two you know, few days at Grimsby on Saturday and then, then Crawley on Tuesday night and you know, it's two long away trips but two trips that on paper, you'd probably be hoping for four points from. Yeah, they're not exactly glamorised, are they? <laughs> but um, 
yeah, Grimsby have actually picked up a little bit of late. I think the last two or three results they've had have not been too bad. But um, I mean, the way City are playing at the moment, I think it's nine undefeated in all competitions. They they can take on anyone with you know massive amounts of confidence and, and and get a result. The way you know the way they're playing, as we you know we spoke about the Swindon game earlier on, and as I say, it just looks so comfortable. And that seems to be almost the danger is that some of these games are almost too easy for Exeter. It's like the first half at Yeovil as well. I thought we played well within ourselves, got in front, and we almost took the win for granted and then got caught out at the start of the second half. But, you know, at the same time, that can be a lesson, you know, throwing those two points away. Matt was clearly annoyed post-match. Um, they learned from that mistake against Swindon. Never looked like we were going to lose against them. And um, I think going into the games against Grimsby and Crawley, as I say, high in confidence, there's no reason why we can't go and win both games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... You know, on paper, second in the league against what twenty second, twenty first in the league, it should be a a comfortable win. Um, we've got a decent record at Grimsby of late because they've been so poor in recent years. But um, yeah, obviously form's gonna play a, a good part for for Grimsby. But as Daniel said, I think um, with them on Saturday and Crawley on Tuesday, four points would be absolutely brilliant to keep yeah. the the unbeaten run going. Um, be interesting to. To just see how they set up because um, obviously Grimsby have a bit of a reputation as a, a, a direct team um, so we'll see match that as well or play to a different style of football but um, yeah Crawley will be interesting as well because struggled against them lately I think yeah lost last season sounded like a pretty poor yeah. awful uh, performance um, but yeah hopefully we'll keep the run going because um, you know got some questionable fixtures coming up. Forest Green back at the park next Saturday. Who are you know doing so well, um, and then obviously a break for for the FA Cup. So yeah, it'd be good to to keep the run going. And yeah, four points for me would be a, a great return in the next week. Yeah, and obviously sort of coming up to that that stage of the season in the winter where it traditionally Exeter City have sort of just dipped off a little bit. I think the last season they were sort of. It was top of the table, more well, right at the top this time of year, and then it sort of just drifted away. And Stu, you've got a bit of a theory on yeah, this as to, as to what goes wrong over the, over the winter months. Yeah, well, of course, the the, the uh, when the clocks change and we get into the, the proper winter, I suppose you can call it. Um, of course, we start using the yellow footballs, don't we? So I just wonder if City have a bit of an issue with playing with yellow footballs. I'm actually going to look into it and try and do a little bit of research and work out our record playing with the white balls. And then with the yellow balls as well, and see if there's a, some sort of alignment that can be made. Because <laughs> you pulled here earlier, you often talked about winter football and how you had to change the style of, of play yeah. because the pitches weren't so good, and you know you couldn't play as much free-flowing football and in the mud of you know some of those games in November and December. But you know the pitch seems to be holding up pretty well this this season. Very much and so, yeah. I mean, Tiz always used to say, you know, make hay while the sun shines. That was one of his favourite sayings really and it's very true you know and at the moment the weather's pretty good hopefully it will be for a few weeks yet and um, as you say Dan the pitch is in fantastic condition fair play to Clive Pring and his team because obviously we had a few issues last year but it's funny isn't it because although weekdays it still seems to be quite sunny at the moment when it gets to a match day it seems to go grey and rainy again <laughs> yeah. which seemed to be the case every single Saturday last season it's perfect on Saturday pitch it was wasn't it yeah it was with all that rain with the storm coming I think the 
we're even a one or two doubts as to whether the game would perhaps go ahead. I think a few years ago it probably would have been called off, but it was just perfect. You wouldn't have known that there no, was so much rain. So yeah, it, it obviously does play a a vital uh, part in how you perform and, and how you do. I mean, look at some of the the grounds that X have to to go to. Perhaps not the best quality of of, of pitches, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they adapt to that because um, it can make a massive difference. You know, you probably think there'll be one or two postponements coming up as well. How will that affect them as well? But yeah, it is interesting how suddenly a change of ball can affect it. I remember being um, up at the, the training ground earlier this season for the Cowboy Cup tie before the Ipswich game, I think it was, and they were using obviously different balls because they use different footballs to, to try and adapt to it. So maybe they'll be practising with the yellow balls. Yeah, they probably will be. Yeah. And obviously it's not just um, trips to Grimsby and Crawley that Exeter City fans will be uh, looking out for this week. It's also a uh, first round of the FA Cup draw takes place yeah. on. On Monday, it's always a, an exciting time of the year, waiting for the ball to be pulled out of the bag. and Until you get Berry away. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a few years since we've had Berry True, away. Yeah. And, so and the cuss we'll get on Monday now. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, so, you know, obviously X have had a, <coughs> a recent record and the Cup's been a bit better than, you know, obviously there was some, I think it was about 12, 13 years without reaching the, the first round, but sort of, you know, obviously Liverpool and West Brom in the, in the third round yeah. in recent ties, obviously two rounds to get through to get to that but Stu so what are we looking for ideally in the in the draw on Monday I, night I, I always want like a low non-league team at home you know simple as that really give yourself the best possible chance of getting through to round two simple as that yeah same just get a nice <laughs> non-league team at home a team that not many people would have heard of I never used them. to mind getting them away, but then we suddenly got Curzon and Ashton and Warrington, and <laughs> yeah. my my sort of thought process has changed a little yeah, bit since then. As soon as it's picked for TV, under yeah, so exactly. much pressure. But yeah, for me, it's always about getting through the first couple of rounds and then a, a nice Premier League team away. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've had a actually not the worst luck in cup draws. I think three of the last four seasons have actually drawn the lowest ranked team in the draw in the first round. Yeah. So, I you kind of get the feeling, but you know, perhaps they're due a a tougher tie, be that a you know, Sunderland, obviously yeah. the likes of them in the cup draw as well, that would be a probably not the kind of draw you want at this stage, and potentially for Torquay United as well. I'd love Torquay, that'd be, I mean Torquay have got to get through first, they have Winchester at the weekend, but that'd be a great draw, wouldn't it? Argyle, maybe? Argyle? I'd, it's a bit, I'd, bit too easy, isn't it, Argyle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I'm not so sure about that. Taunton are still in there, of course, it'd be nice to see Taunton get through. Yeah, definitely. Local game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, there's not really anything for Exeter to fear, and if if they've got genuine aspirations, which we all know they do, of getting into League One, then it would be a good yardstick to see how far they progress and how they'd fare against a League One team. But um, now, hopefully, the the good luck continues and we get another easy tie. Mm. I say very tongue in cheek. <laughs> a, wi- a winnable tie. A winnable I think tie. Is, yeah. Is the term we yeah. use. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So obviously that's Monday night. Obviously Grimsby Saturday. Um, Crawley on Tuesday. So it's going to be a busy week for. Exeter City. Um, join us again next week for uh, the next edition of, of Grecian's Gossip when we'll be looking back at those those fixtures, the cup tie, and be looking ahead to, to Forest Green Rovers and the opening of the new stands. Indeed.